0: Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hi guys! Welcome to the men's room. A lot of single people on social media are talking about how hard it's been to be socially distancing for the last several weeks. It's been a little hard on everyone, of course, even introverts, because even they need a few friends, and nothing really replaces seeing your friends in person. But for single people, it's been especially tough. Studies show that too much solitude can lead to unhappiness and even depression. But even if you live with family, as it's often the case here in the Middle East for people who are young and not yet married, this isolation period has felt like wasted time where they could potentially have met the love of their life. But not if they were using my Next guest's platform, a dating app that's tailor-made for Muslims in the Middle East. It's called Hawaya. It's tailor-made for the conservative dating culture in the region And it's been especially popular during this period we're going through. It was launched in 2017 under the name Harmonica with the help of a startup incubator called Flat Six Labs in Cairo, Egypt. Then last August, The Match Group, a Dallas-based company that also owns Tinder and Match.com, bought the Egyptian startup. It's now called Hawaii, And it's helping Muslims find love and marriage using a sophisticated algorithm, all while catering to cultural norms. There's no swiping and no need for revealing pictures. Joining us from Cairo today is one of the co-founders and the CEO of Hawaii, Sami Saleh. Hey, Sami.
1: Hi, Nadia. Pleasure to connect.
0: Did I pronounce that right? I think it's more like Sami, right?
1: Yes, it's with a with a ha, it's like an Arabic name, so it's Sameh. Sameh. Yes.
0: Well, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, it's my pleasure.
0: So you created Hawaii with your co-founder, Shema Ali, right? Who's now the head of PR?
1: Yep, exactly, yeah.
0: How did you guys come up with the idea and how did it materialize?
1: So, yes, so I was, actually it was four years ago, I was living in Malaysia. And uh, at that time, I noticed how hard it is for women in the Middle East to actually find their life partner and go through the marriage journey. So my sister actually was um, very close to me and, and she's, uh, she's very close to me and, and she was going through this uh, journey of finding a life partner. But then I saw that it's, uh, there's a lot of pressure from society for her to actually go through this journey and the only available tools was arranged marriages, and it wasn't very efficient. And also um, online dating platforms, which at that time was not really safe or private enough. So there, this is where I gathered with uh, Shayma Ali and uh, Ali Khaled and Tamer Saleh. And we said, okay, like we're four Egyptians. We need to find a solution for this problem. And we need to create an environment that is safe enough and private enough for our sisters, our cousins, our friends to use to find their life partner.
0: So how does the app work exactly? And how does the algorithm work?
1: So it's, uh, it's uh, the algo depends on like, uh, first of all, the input that you give the algo. So where you live and what, uh, what's your interests and what is the, uh, for example, the, the, uh, your social class, the quality of, uh, of the people you're looking for, the um, lifestyle you're looking for, and even like religiously, how do you practice religion? And then from all these inputs, we start putting them in our algo to promote to you or like to present to you the most compatible matches that you have, um, that that closer to you. And then once you have this initial match and have this initial like between you and another uh, couple, like you and another uh, guy, that's when you actually we reveal that, okay, you have this uh, feature where you could hide your photos and blur it. So that once you're comfortable, you can start unblurring your photo when you feel comfortable with your match. And then there's this also very powerful feature where we actually um, allow you with consent to go into an exclusive mode with the person you're speaking to. So this allows you both to talk in an undivided uh, attention kind of environment. So we're giving the environment for both of you to get to know each other with no pressure. So you will find through the app that there's many features there that is crafted and curated for women in our region or for men and women actually in our region with respecting our traditions and culture.
0: So you really ask people what social class they're from and what they're looking for?
1: So we kind of ask like, um, no, we don't ask the social class, but we basically ask like, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Do you want to stay in the country? We would like to travel more. So we collect these data from our users and then we start presenting those uh, kind of matches for for you, and then you kind of pick uh, where where do you like the most. And based on the way you like those profiles, we get to know which kind of data that uh, or which kind of profiles that that uh, that you would like more. You know what I mean? Like so, we start training our algorithm based on your preferences. So from that, we can get a lot of things. So that's how like the matching algorithm works.
0: Hmm, I guess that makes sense. So yeah. you, you were originally called Harmonica. Now you've changed the name to Hawaii. What, what does Hawaii mean, by the way?
1: So Hawaii is coming from Hawa, which is love in Arabic. Um, and we actually, we started with Harmonica, um, and, and that was the very early phase. And now that we started like, uh, launching uh, Hawaii across, uh, not even the Middle East, across the globe, after like uh, demographics, uh, conservative demographics and Muslim demographics, we actually wanted a name that represents our heritage. So we felt harmonica is more a very uh, foreign name where it actually coincides with the musical instrument. Um, and we felt it does not really carry any heritage in it, either the Arabic or the Islamic heritage. Mm. So this is where we find the word Hawa, and it, it speaks about love and also air. So it's it's kind of, a it rhymes with the being a pleasant uh, uh, journey through finding your love. And that's where we landed at this new name.
0: Yeah, I always thought Hawa was wind.
1: Yeah, Hawa is wind, but it's also love and if you know the um, like the famous uh, Arabic singer Abdel Halim Hafez like he he sang this uh, Al Hawa Hawa song. It was a very famous uh, song and it speaks about love. So Hawa in, in Arabic actually is love, but it coincides also with air.
0: Well, the fact that I only knew the wind part makes me kind of sad. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> how have things changed since you were acquired by Match group which was last August?
1: Well, things are very, very exciting and and since the acquisition as well. So before the acquisition, we were seeing this uh, really uh, uh, major growth in Egypt and people started coming with all the success stories and like the pictures of people who got married and like the babies that even came out of uh, Hawaii. So that was a very good early sign of success in a market like Egypt. So with uh, the help of Magic Group and since then, over this last year, we worked really, really hard in getting Hawaii more into a global um, uh, environment. So we started launching in markets in MENA and even markets in um, Southeast Asia and markets in Europe as well. Um, and since then, we're seeing really amazing growth in our numbers and uh, how it is becoming trending in, in many, many other markets outside Egypt, which was a very, very um, uh, milestone that we were, we were celebrating. And now success stories is coming from uh, other markets as well.
0: Amazing. Um so how much has COVID-19 social distancing affected Hawaii? Did you guys see any kind of surge in demand?
1: Yeah, actually it was uh, something to watch out for because we know that people actually tend to seek other um, uh, love and like to seek um, like quality relationships at all times. So during COVID-19, this didn't stop. In fact, it actually increased and surged. So we had like 40% more engagement on our app, um, uh, uh, and that was a good sign that people even like in in hard times like this, they still want to seek. Um, uh, this human nature of like relationships and finding their life partner so that was good and even I think this specifically was good for us because we're a marriage app, we're a high intent app where in fact when you want to find a life partner you need your time to get to know the person so it actually worked out, um, we were grateful that it worked out well for us because this is the time where uh, people are staying home and they have more energy to, to actually try to find this life partner, this lifetime partner um, so, yeah, so that was the impact uh, of COVID-19.
0: And, and a lot of people are bored, <laughs> but... Um, exactly. <laughs> so how many users do you have now?
1: So we, we, we don't we, uh, disclose our numbers uh, since we joined the group. It's a public company um, and they share the numbers in totality. But we're having like really a great, great growth and, um, and the curve is still going up. We're still working really hard to provide the best experience for our users. And the more success stories coming, the more people believe that, okay, this is something we could actually use in the Middle East. There was a lot of doubt, like, whether online dating could work in the Middle East or not. But I guess how I uh, kind of answered that with the success stories, that now it's time for um, for the Middle East to go in a, in a dating app where it respects their culture, respects their traditions and make the whole experience much, much more pleasant uh, to singles like uh, women and men?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, because the Middle East is very different from the West when it comes to dating and marriage. For one thing, it's much mm-hmm. more conservative, of course. In general, Muslims can't act like a couple in public, for example, unless they're engaged or married. So you you have to really get to know someone and kind of get everyone's approval before you can even take any first step. But even when it comes to marriage, there's still a strong culture of arranged marriages. Um, families like to know that the person that their son or daughter is marrying is from a good family. They like to know the family. So is there any kind of taboo still about meeting someone online or is it do you see it really changing?
1: It's, it's, it's What you said is completely true. And, and what we're noticing and, and what we're actually um, uh, uh, trying to do is actually to help that change. And we're seeing that change in, in all across the Middle East and all across cultures. The people now think that, okay, now we're using technology in every aspect of our life. And now we have this big aspect where people really want to find the one or like the life partner that they feel comfortable in being with and continue their life journey with. And they want to reach that person in a very comfortable, pleasant, serious way um, where arranged marriage and the traditional methods does not always provide this comfort. And and um, and, and sometimes it puts pressure, especially on women. So the need is, is great there. And I think... That's what we noticed once we launched. Like, we went actually viral on the first few days. We had um, um, dozens of thousands of downloads in the first few days. And it was a big surprise for us because we thought the stigma is really still, still really high. But I guess um, the whole society is now moving into okay, what is convenient, what really could provide value for us. And they saw this value in Hawaii and they saw how we are not against the culture, we're not against the traditions. We're actually going hand in hand to provide like a solution that is progressive enough for the youth to use. So so yeah, I, I think it's changing for sure. Um, and now that we launched in Saudi Arabia and we launched in UAE and, and we're seeing this uh, same success story starting to happen and this same adoption uh, started to happen. It gives us a lot of confidence in, in, uh, in how like this uh, new concept or like a new concept for the Middle East could actually provide um, success in, in finding your life partner.
0: So you obviously have referred in the past to how different uh, Hawaii is from apps like Tinder, for example. It seems, though, that the marriage type apps or long-term relationship apps overall on a global level are not quite as popular as apps like Tinder. I mentioned, well, I don't mention, but... About 50 million people are on Tinder in the world, while Match.com, which is Match Group's site, uh, which is more for a long-term relationship, only has like 21.5 million members, which is still huge. But do you think it's still because many people don't believe that an app can really connect them with uh, a perfect mate in, in an authentic way?
1: So I, I think it really comes back to cultures and how they see and how they approach marriage and lifelong uh, partners. So in, in the West, like the way uh, people get to meet is more of a like um, maybe a Tinder, maybe a higher intent app, uh, like, for example, Hinge, where people actually, OK, this is a high intent, but we need to get to know each other and meet each other and have like a full relationship with each other. And then we think about going to the next step, which is maybe allowing parents to know, and then maybe after that engagement, and then marriage, and sometimes even having kids before. So this is what is fitting now in the Western culture. And that's actually what makes us very unique, because when we started this, we did not see the success of uh, Tinder, for example, in the West. And we said, okay, it's successful there. Let's make a copy for the Middle East or for Muslims. That's not how we started. We started from There is a problem in the middle east and there's a pain that i saw in some uh, of my close family and my sister as well and then how can we craft a solution for this problem and when we did it from that angle we came up with a product that is in nature very different than than tinder and it's fitting the culture where Uh, conservative culture and like even Middle Eastern liberals even in the Middle East and like uh, uh, Muslims across the globe how we approach relationships is very different we actually approach relationships with always high intent and like um, seeking marriage eventually and that's what makes actually Hawaii has a unique proposition globally because for that specific demographics which is the Muslim demographics the conservative demographics because their culture and their way or approach of finding a life partner is very different than the very very western Uh, culture.
0: So uh, you talked about, you know, helping women, making it easier on women. But how do you protect uh, women in in the sense that even though you have all these features that kind of serve the cultural way, you know, the cultural traditions, um, they can blur their picture, they can speak privately. How can you protect them, for example, if, you know, they get tricked into meeting up with someone? you know how 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 do you is there any kind of level of protection that's additional to what you would have on a on other apps?
1: Definitely, like we like we we started like with all the measures that we could do to keep the app safe and 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 private, and we took even much much extra. Um, um, Focus on safety and privacy because we know that this is still um, new for the Middle East. There's still high stigma in this market. So and again, like I said, we we, like my co-founder, she's a female and like I'm doing this for my sister. So the way we approach this is like this has to be super safe and, and private for them to use. So we have this, we introduced this selfie verification concept where all our users has to be selfie verified um, to be able to go on the platform. So this is our way of using, so we use AI technology to make sure that the photo you uploaded is actually your actual photo. Um, so this have, in a way, we try to wave out all the unserious people and all the fake profiles. And we talk reporting a whole new level. So if you get reported, then you get blocked. And we have a very strong like, um, uh, uh, customer care team and an AI technology to kind of make the platform safe um we also like we do our best in this like this is our like we we even take a harder measure than maybe all the other apps because like i said safety and the privacy of our users is in, in the heart of what we do um and we introduced this feature it's called the guardian so the guardian feature it's a a, a feature where women actually could allow um, uh, their cousin, or their best friend, or even their parents, to take a look at the chat if they want to. If the woman, if the woman wants to, so it gives them even an extra layer of seriousness and and safety. So they are aware of anything could happen. Uh, it's of course it's not uh, it's uh, not compulsory. It's optional. But um, through the app, you will find all these tools that could actually empower women to feel that it's safe in a private environment. This is the core of our focus.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would want to use that last one. It's kind of yeah. weird to have your mom like reading all your texts. Um, but um, you mentioned that you have an AI technology that makes sure that it's uh, your your own selfie. How does that work? Does it compare with all your profiles online?
1: Yeah, so so what happened actually is that we um, when you upload your photo, then we ask you to selfie verify this picture. So you the, you just open the camera on your phone. We don't store the photo. We don't keep it. It just the camera seeing your photogenic face and characters. It compares it with the photos you've uploaded and making sure that the photos you uploaded is your real you. That's the AI technology that we're using. We have an extra manual uh, level to make sure that if anything passed through this, there's another manual uh, version of it. But the idea is that many other apps make this optional. So if you actually verify your photo, then you could be actually, um, you take a tick. But we are, our approach is like, no, we want this to be a very safe environment. We want to protect our users so we don't allow people who don't do this verification to upload uh, to to be a user on our app.
0: Okay. Um, So I had a guy named Amir Hegazi on recently who wrote a book called Ecosystem Arabia, and he made a good point about startups and how challenging it is to target the entire Middle East, uh, which has like 400 million people and made up of 22 countries, all with kind of different traditions, in some cases, different dialects. But Hawaii, your app, seems like um, one of those rare cases where you have the potential of really capturing a large portion of the Arab world, and the Muslim world, maybe all over the world, because dating and marriage is so universal. But um, you started out in Egypt, of course, How, which has a population of 99 million people. Let's uh, throw that number out there, which is already a great market. But uh, how do you branch out into the other markets and how do you adapt the algorithm? Like, Are there some specific things that you change or does it just stay the same?
1: yeah like to to like i i second uh, amir and i second you nadia like the i think the the arabic world has a lot of potential and now that uh, we have a lot of the ecosystem early science uh, is going in our favor we have these funds coming in we have these early successes with Karim exit and and many other success like amazing success stories in, in the ecosystem um this gives a lot of signs that there is a potential there we at how actually we started in egypt and i think it's a very good uh, market to test your app and see how it would work um we have like some diversity among our populations so is a very very great place to to start your app and see how engagement metrics work and growth works and once you you kind of cater your app to this demographics the way you scale in the market now that we're seeing all these like vcs going across countries and you can find like Raising fund in Egypt, you can easily raise funds from, uh, from KSA, from Dubai, and so on. And these type of arms helps you expand to other countries in the region. And that's really, really powerful. So the way that um, the ecosystem could actually lower the, the barriers between those markets, the much better. So we at Hawaii, actually, we were very proud that we we're one of the examples where the ecosystem proved that it's uh, it's working and we had like a, a great exit and our investors are happy. And uh, even after the exit, we're proving to be like a global app that an app from Egypt could actually go out and be like um, provide service to to users and women all across the world. That's really um, a beautiful story, and I think it's it can be done again. Like this is not a unique story. I think many many problems that we have in Egypt. If we find the real solution to it, there's no reason why it cannot go uh, global, even beyond the Arabic world.
0: Interesting. Um, so, how do you monetize? Is there a membership fee? Can people use it for free? How expensive is it?
1: So we're having this freemium model. So you could, everyone can use it for free. You can get to to talk to your match. You can go even to the your, the exclusive mode and hopefully uh, get married on it. Um, and then we add like a few features for subscribed users. Uh, we could actually could um, send a message to to a woman straight away. You could have more likes uh, that uh, in a day. So we have this set of features where actually it's for subscribed users. So it's a freemium model.
0: Can a man? Um Talk to more than one woman and marry more than one woman. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, yes.
1: <laughs> but we, um, we we actually no we don't we we're focusing on to um, like monogamous uh, marriages. So a man can speak to few women at the same time for sure, but then once he feels comfortable with a woman or once a woman feels comfortable with a man, then they both need to consent so they can go into this exclusive mood. So we're building the app as like, okay, this is your way for a serious relationship. So get to know people. But once you are serious about someone, then you both have to take it to an exclusive conversation to get to know uh, each other better.
0: Okay, and obviously I was kind of kidding. You don't have control over what people are going to do in their own village or whatever. Um, So what are you guys working on next?
1: So it's, it's it's again it's very very exciting actually um, uh, work what we're doing now like uh, so it's 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 good that we shifted all the team to work from home and we're all as busy and as uh, as excited as curious as always now that we're seeing like the global expansion going uh, really well we're seeing adoption for our app in Asia we're seeing adoption for the Muslim minorities across Europe um, so it's very exciting and we're we're keeping this we want eventually to be. Um, um, the, one of the top apps actually uh, catering for Muslim demographics, and one one of the top apps worldwide. So it's um, I think it's a it's a very um, doable vision that we we liked in the very first days, and now we're doing it, and we see the success stories coming. So it's very exciting, and we we keep pushing hard.
0: Well, I know there have been other kind of uh, online dating services uh, targeted towards Muslims before, but uh, obviously you guys have really found the perfect uh, recipe. And uh, it looks uh, it looks great. And congratulations and best of luck.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Maddie. And like, uh, actually, in fact, we are trending... Um um, top apps in UAE and KSA, top dating apps. Uh, so it's, it's very good timing. Now we're, we're having this call that we manage actually to create this buzz in uh, Emirates and Saudi as well.
0: Amazing. So it's good
1: timing. And, uh, and thanks, thanks Nadia for hosting me.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story. That's it. Thanks for joining me today. If you liked the episode, be sure to subscribe to The Men's Room so you'll know who's on next. And follow us on Instagram at hakawadi.fm and nadia michelle underscore. Sending you all lots of love. See you soon.